want to see that particular format. So you don't want to really stray from this too much. That's Jimmy Callahan, an actor who's booked over 70 national commercials. He now uses his expertise to teach classes at the Second City and the Green Room Studio in Chicago. And I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. On this episode, The Headshot and Resume. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash actionpodcast. One title that I highly recommend is Notes to an Actor by Ron Morosco, the teacher on the first nine episodes of this podcast. Download it now and thank me later. Uh, hey guys, this is Jimmy Callahan again. If you want to be an actor, the first thing that you need, probably before anything else, is a good headshot and a resume. If you don't know what a headshot is, it is uh, a, a picture of you. Sometimes people do something like a three-quarter shot of your body or whatever, but the industry has gone away from that. They, they really want like a tight shot of your face because uh, that's, that's what you're selling. You're selling you. You're selling your look. And so what you want in a headshot is very simply just a nice – for commercials, uh, a nice picture of you, well-lit, um, where you have – just like a regular smile, like nothing too goofy, nothing too big, but you need the smile for a commercial headshot. Uh, it's very different than a theatrical shot, theatrical meaning like for TV and film um, or theater. Um, but uh, theatrical shots can be more serious and, and you know, maybe emoting more. But, uh, but for a commercial shot, they need to see that smile. So a lot of people are going to go out and, you know, there, there are professionals who um, – who specialize in, in taking headshots, and that may be something that you need uh, down the road. I I always try to limit the amount of money that uh, like my students and and friends are spending on uh, uh, to get started in acting because while it is sort of a paid to play business, um, there's ways to cut corners effectively so that you're not dropping like hundreds or thousands of dollars unnecessarily because I, I hate people wasting money. So we all know somebody with a, a good digital camera. If you don't have one yourself, like you know somebody who has a good digital camera, you know somebody probably who is sort of an amateur photographer. Um, <clears throat> all you need is one good shot. So if you can like convince your, your friend who, you know, is a pretty good photographer, uh, it's like, hey, you know, I'll buy you a bottle of wine or, you know, like, I'll take you out to dinner or something like that. Um, if you can, uh, you know, meet me for an afternoon for an hour to get headshots. Um, that's the route that I would go for your first headshots. You don't need to spend 500 bucks booking a session with, you know, uh, a headshot professional because it's just, it's just a waste of money, quite frankly, because if you're just getting started in the business, then you're going to need new headshots probably sooner than you think as, uh, as you're getting an agent and whatnot. Uh, so why waste 500 bucks when you're just going to have to get headshots again, maybe in a year, and all of a sudden that's $1,000 if you have to get another professional session. So that being said, it has to look like what other headshots in the industry look like. You know, they, they're going to expect a certain tone and a certain look and certain lighting in the shot. So it's not like you're just taking a selfie with your iPhone. Like you need to research and go online and look at headshots. Like go, go like just Google um, you know, headshot photographers and, and see what they typically look like and look like as far as the tone goes so that you can then frame and select a shot of you that sort of mirrors that 
tone. Um, <clears throat> and then hopefully if you, if you know of somebody uh, who can, who has experience with a camera, who can give you that type of shot, like that's the route you want to go uh, instead of dropping a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> but if you don't know somebody and it's just going to be you like trying to, uh, you know, set a camera on a timer or something, that's not quite going to cut it. Like you're going to, you know, then in that case, you might need to spend some money uh, for a headshot, headshot session. Um, but there's always going to be somebody who's just starting out just like you, but in the photography world, you know, who's going to do headshots are cheap. So you should not be spending hundreds of dollars for headshots just starting out. Max would be like 100 or 200 bucks uh, for, for a session from like a newer photographer. <clears throat> but the basics are just a headshot, you know, just your face, a little bit of a smile, and you don't want it like super airbrushed. You don't want it on, you know, your best day ever. Your headshot has to look like you. Whoever they call in for the audition, they expect that person to walk in the door. So if you, like, have all the wrinkles in your face airbrushed and, like, you know, if if you take away, like, in like, moles or freckles or whatever or your hair color is different or they – or you, you know, take away, uh, like, any, like, redness in your eye and your eyes are super bright and your teeth are, like, beyond immaculately white because they've been Photoshopped, you walk in, they're like, that's not the – that's not a person who's in the set shot. You know, you can't lie about how you look. So uh, it just be confident in 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 your look and look presentable. And I mean, look like it's like you on like you know a good day, but not you airbrushed for a magazine that they don't want to see that. So headshot, got to get the got to get the picture right. Um, now on the resume, um, an acting resume is very specific in particular and very different than a working resume. Some of the basics, uh, you're just going to want to have your name big and bold, um, probably in the upper left-hand corner or up across the top, but um, I would suggest your name big and bold, upper left-hand corner, and then you need to include some attributes, height, weight, eye color, and hair color. That's it, though. Uh, so, you know, you put your height, weight, eyes, hair. You cannot lie about this stuff because, again, if they are asking for somebody who is six foot or above and you have on your resume that you're six foot, but you're really five ten, you can't do that because you're going to walk in the room. And they're like, he's not six foot. We need somebody who's six foot because they need to be taller than this other person we have booked or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, don't, you know, if, if you weighed 135 in high school, but you're 155 now, you can't lie about that. So put the weight that you are now, put the height that you are, you can't lie about facts like that <laughs> so just just put it down um and then hair color eye color uh that's it they don't need anything else um you know for women they don't need like bus size or anything like that uh you know you don't need your shoe size uh just those four things uh if you are a member of the union um or you know any union if you're sag or equity or whatever then you will also put near your name and your attributes uh that you are in the union um so you put in bold like sag aftra or equity whatever it may be if you're not in union, uh, you don't put non-union. Just the lack of having a union name there is uh, understood that you are non-union. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if, if you have a website, you know, you probably put that along with your attributes. If you have, if you do not have an agent, you need to have, you need to put down a way of getting a hold of you. So upper left-hand corner is your name and all the attributes, whatever. Uh, right-hand corner, if you don't have an agent, then I would put your website, definitely your phone number, and definitely an email address. 
you need those three things, but those three things only. Don't put your home address. Um, they don't need to know where you live, uh, especially for ladies out there. There's some creepy dudes, you know. You don't need them to, uh, you know, somebody showing up at your door. Uh, so don't put down your home address, just your uh, phone number and email address at the at the very least, because they need a way to get a hold of you. You'd be surprised how many people will have this, you know, headshot resume. They don't have any way to get, to get a hold of them. And, and a cast director is like, I'd love to call them in. They're great, but I don't even know where they, you know, how to get a hold of them. So, but if you do have an agent, then you're just going to put your agent's information. You don't need to put down your phone number if you have an agent because they should be calling your agent, not you. So upper left-hand corner, I'm sorry, upper right-hand corner, if you have an agent, that's where your agent name and phone number contact information goes. So uh, at the very least, phone number, but if you have, like, direct contact with, uh, you know, a specific agent uh, and they want their email address on there, then you can put that as well. Um, so that's all in the heading, you know, name, attributes, and agency information if, if applicable. Um, and then it follows a, uh, a pretty specific format. Uh, after that, uh, and they're going to want to see that particular format. Uh, so you don't want to really stray from this too much. Um, the very first subject, the very first um, uh, section of your resume is any TV or film work that you've done. So you'll put in bold, like TV, film, and then, you know, hopefully down the road you get some network credits and whatnot. But, um, you know, this would be like, you know, Chicago PD, CoStar, and uh, NBC. So you have... Uh, um, the title of the project, then what your role is, but the description of the role, not not the name of the role, like not, you know, cop number one, uh, it's either a co-star, a guest star, uh, supporting or starring. You can look that up in line for how to actually um, format that uh, and, and what specific words to use. Uh, again, can't lie about that. You know, if you were a co-star, if you were cop number two in Chicago PD, you can't put guest star. You know, they're going to find that out. So, um, so don't lie on your resume. If uh, you don't have any network credits, you know, if you're if you're new to the business or whatever, you know, you you can't create those. Um, but uh, what you can do, in the absence of having some professional credits, is put any student films that you've done or like web series that you've done with your friends or something. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be nationally recognized. Uh, it's just you put whatever you've done so far. And then hopefully over time you build your credits and then you knock those uh, sort of like less legitimate ones off the resume. Um, but if you did, you know, a short film in college or something, or, or if you're messing around with your friends and uh, put up a web series, or whatever, that would be what you put in the TV and film section in the absence of legitimate credits. Um, so TV film, uh, next is commercial. So TV film in bold, commercial in bold. Uh, now, this is important. You put commercial, and then it's sort of weird, but you just put conflicts available upon request. Again, conflicts available upon request. Uh, what does that mean? Conflict is um, if you have a commercial running, then you can't do another commercial that is in the same genre or like same business. For example, if I have a co-commercial running, I can't do a Pepsi commercial because they're in conflict. It's conflict of interest. Uh, if I have a an Acura commercial running, I can't do a Volkswagen commercial running because they're they're in conflict. So you know your brand, your person can't represent two companies uh, who are competing. So you put conflicts available upon request, and that just means that 
if they want to know what other commercials you have running right now, then you have to disclose that information. But you don't want to air your dirty laundry. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, if you list all the commercials that you've done, then they kind of they they can only really use that against you, to be honest. So, like, let's say that you did the McDonald's commercial a year ago. Uh, and you're auditioning for a Burger King commercial, and you have it on your resume, like, oh, McDonald's commercial, national commercial, whatever. Uh, then you're auditioning a year later for Burger King, and they're like, eh, they just did McDonald's one. I don't want to. I don't want them on the Burger King one. You know, it's almost like going out on a date and just like handing the person a list of people you've dated in the past. You, you don't want to. You don't want to air your dirty laundry. You know, for people who've who've you know for film commercials, it sort of sucks because you want to put that on your resume. You want people to know that you you're a working actor and you've done stuff. Um, so it, it, it sort of sucks cause you, you know, they're not aware of that, but at the same time, it's kind of nice because it puts everyone on the level playing field as far as commercials mm. go. Like, because mm. it just, everyone's resume should say commercial conflict is available upon request. And if they want to Google you, which they do and stuff, they're going to find your website or they're going to find like, you know, your reel, um, and they'll see that you've done stuff. Like, so, um, rest assured, it's not a big deal. Uh, but if you do, put down the commercials that you've done, you're going to come across as green. You're going to come across as naive. Like you don't know how to fill out a resume properly. So they're going to want, they're going to expect to see that. So commercial, conflict available upon request. Next, I would put any theater that you've done, uh, theater or live work. And uh, so again, if you, you know, uh, did some plays in college, uh, but nothing professionally, then, you know, I, I would put like, I would put college plays down there, but like not anything prior you know you're not going to put high school or grade school plays down on uh for your professional resume for theater if you haven't done any theater then you just you leave that out um but uh uh it, it, it's it's better to um to have like a little bit of stuff on there just so um your resume looks a little bit more well-rounded um but you know if, if you've if you've taken some improv classes and you've done like a performance with your, you know, as a, as a graduation show for that class, or if you did a sketch show or something like that, like that still would be, you know, sort of applicable in theater, uh, potentially. Uh, so theater stuff and then sort of a hybrid, like something I have on my resume, cause it's a big part of my background is improvisation and sketch. So distinguishing between theater and then improv, uh, and comedy. So a theater stuff and then improv, uh, or sketch stuff, and and then so I put down, you know, like anything I've done with uh, for Second City or Improv Olympic comedy sports. So, it, but if if you don't have if you don't have enough to justify having theater and improvisation on your resume, then I would combine the two. Next is training, uh, and training is uh, is anything that you any classes uh, or workshops that you've taken for professional purposes for acting specifically beyond college. So you're not going to put anything regarding college in your training. Uh, it doesn't apply here. College is college. Training for acting is completely different. So, you know, if you've taken a script analysis class or you've taken a Meisner class or if you've gone through Second City, Improv Olympic, uh, if you've taken the class at, uh, you know, a place like the Green Room, um, you know, or another acting studio, that's going to go in there. And uh, you put your, you know, who your teacher uh, was and what the class was and, and uh, the name of the business um, or the acting studio with the training. The last section in bold is going to be special skills. <laughs> a lot of people try to do too much of special skills, 
uh, and put down anything that they could potentially ever do, uh, and that's not the way to go about it. So special skills, the only, like the stuff that you put down, um, everyone should put down these few things. If you have a valid driver's license or a valid passport uh, or if you have a college degree, that's where that goes. It sounds kind of silly, but like if you have a valid driver's license, put down valid driver's license. If you have a valid passport, put down valid passport because there might be a commercial where you need to drive and they can't risk knowing whether or not you are able to drive, you know, if you do have a license or, you know, or furthermore, if you have like a different type of license, if you have a motorcycle license or a class D license or, you know, whatever the case may be, like anything involving driving and uh, licensing for that, you put that down. And for the passport, uh, things in commercial world, in the commercial world tend to move pretty quickly and there's a potential that you can get a call for an audition tomorrow uh, for an Orbitz commercial that shoots in Mexico next week. And if you don't have a valid passport, you can't do that commercial because you can't expedite a passport within, you know, like four days or something. I think it's like max or minimum is like a month or six weeks or whatever. So right now, if you don't have a passport, get one. You're going to need it. So a uh, valid passport, valid driver's license, and if you have a college degree, put that down. Uh, you just like where you went to school and what the degree is in. It shows them, even though maybe, you know, going to college these days is a complete waste of money and just puts you further and further into debt uh, for, <laughs> for no real good reason. It still shows you that it still shows them that you have the, the drive to finish a degree. And also it's a talking point, you know, so if you put down, you know, you went to, wherever, University of Ohio or something, and then potentially somebody's like, oh, you went to the University of Ohio, you know, as they're looking at your resume. It's a talking point, too. So those three things, uh, definitely. Beyond that, the only stuff that you put in special skills are things that you can do at a semi-professional level or above. So you don't put down, like, any sport that you've ever played in your life. Uh, as far as sports go, um, if you – you know, played soccer when you're in fifth grade, that doesn't mean that you can put soccer down in your special skills. You need to, like, at the uh, the very least, if you played it in college, then I, I would say that you could put down on uh, on your resume. But uh, Or if you played something professionally. But if you just put, if you ran track in high school, that doesn't mean that your special skill is track because there are people who are actually track professionals who are actors too, and they will call them in. If you, you know, if you know three chords on the, on the guitar, you're, you don't put guitar down on your special skills because there are actual people who can shred on the guitar who, who uh, they'll call in. Um, if you do like a really crappy English accent, you, you don't put that down on your resume unless you do like a really, really good accent on cue. Because like if, if, you, if they see something in your special skills, like a lot of directors are notorious for calling people out like, Oh, it says that you can, uh, you know, whistle, you know, the Star Spangled Banner through your nose on command. And if you can't do that immediately, then you're going to look like an idiot. So only put stuff down that you can actually do, stuff that you can do at a semi-professional level. Um, if, if you took Spanish in high school for three years and you can, like, say hi and, and you can order a burrito, that doesn't mean that you put Spanish down uh, in your special skills, you need to be fluent in Spanish. So you get the idea. Uh, but so just don't, don't flood your special skills with, Oh, I, I can basketball, football, baseball, track. 
jump rope, uh, you know, all these like uh, sports and whatnot. It's it's not it's not a, a, a test to see like how many things you've ever done in your life. These need to be things that you can be called in for to in order to do for a commercial. Uh, so if you have, but if you do have some skill that's unique, like if you really do juggle fire or something, you know, or or you uh, are really a wicked hula hooper, yeah, put that down. But you better be able to hula hoop like as soon as you get into the room. And you know, it's like, oh wait, wait, hold on a second. Uh, oh, 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 I'll get it. You know, or if you uh, if you say that uh, uh, you're you know you're a martial artist or whatever, like. You you better like sure sure as well be like you know a level two black belt and whatever it is like if if you're you know if you say that you are you know a specific thing you better be that thing because you might be in a in a commercial or to be in, in a spot or an audition where you have to do some like stage fighting or something like that and you could get injured you know or or uh, you could look like a total idiot and and they're gonna be like why the hell did we call this guy in you know so. So don't lie with your special skills. Don't don't try to impress people with your special skills. It's just it's just a a section to be able to highlight some stuff that that ordinarily wouldn't go on a, a regular resume, but are applicable for commercials. This episode has been brought to you by Audible.com. I love Audible. I think it's an amazing service. I've been a member for a long time now. I listen to audiobooks all the time. So I'm excited to say that for the listeners of the Action Podcast, just go to audibletrial.com slash actionpodcast to download a free audiobook. And again, I highly recommend Notes to an Actor by Ron Morosco. The commercial jam that Jimmy runs at the Green Room Studio is an excellent way for veterans to stay sharp and newcomers to get their feet wet. Every week, Jimmy selects a new commercial script to work on, and the jam is treated like a real audition scenario. All actors read from the same script and then get notes as a group while watching playback. Your takes are available to you via download, and it's all just 25 bucks. Sign up at thegreenroomstudio.tv. If you have a question you'd like Jimmy to answer on an upcoming episode, please call 206-424-9368 and leave a message on the podcast voicemail. I'm Lee Foster. Thanks for listening.